Googlers. It's Chad Michael Innes here. <laughs> True story. At Google, they call their employees Googlers. And if you go to their campus all over mm-hmm. the walls, you'll see signs like, be a good Googler and be nice to people. Or ask a fellow Googler, blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. I freaking hate it. Treat people like adults, not like children. Anyway, what's up, Googlers and DuckDuckGoers? Uh, welcome to Respawn Name Fire, the kick-ass irreverent video game podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. Uh, what's up, Porkchop? 118 YT in the chat. Check out his YouTube channel. Probably a very similar yet slightly different name for his YouTube channel than his Twitch name. Um, we are going to talk about so much stuff today. Thank God we waited till today to stream because uh, there was a new Nintendo Switch announced today with an OLED model. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're going to talk about a bunch of shit. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Chad Michael Ennis, one of your hosts. We also have one of your other hosts here in person ish. Not an emoji. Uh, his name is Holden Trinket Depardo. Hey, Holden, how are you? I wanted to say on the record really quickly that I take offense to you calling me a Googler. Considering my stance on Google and how I feel about Google, I take deep offense I don't know. to that. As someone who used to have a weekly segment, not even like a streamed segment, but just like a, hey, we're on Skype, let's talk. And you're like, hey, let me show you my new favorite Android feature. Like, I, I think you qualified yeah, as a was, Googler. <laughs> no, 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 because you're totally leaving out why I left Android. I, like, left Android and then left all Google services minus YouTube at, the, like, the same time and dropped it like a rock. And now I'm back on glorious iPhones. Mm, still using that YouTube, though. You can't get around it. What, what else? You can you use Vimeo? No. I mean, if you, if all you watch YouTube for is music videos, then I think that's an excellent alternative. <laughs> We're going to be talking about, uh, yeah, the new Nintendo Switch model in just a little bit. We're going to be talking about Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, Kojima and Microsoft, and a bunch more. But first, we are the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast. You can find us every single Tuesday-ish, except for the months of June and July, because it's, it's a weird time for the world and us. Um, at 9 a.m. on Tuesday mornings on podcast services and YouTube. And you can find us on Twitch, again, usually on Sunday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, But right now it's in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, so that too. But first, today, we're going to go through our main quest, which is Mary Fuck Kill, the last half of 2021. It is a little bit of a tradition here. On Respawn, Respawn Aim Fire, for us to take a look at what's coming in the next six months, twice a year. We call that biannually or semi annually or hemi demi annually. <laughs> um, all of those uh, <laughs> applicable to this time frame, where we look at what's coming up in the next the six months. The scientific term is hemi demi annually. Hemi demi annually. Scientific. And we take a look at what's coming up in the next six months and we decide of all of those games, which one are we most likely to marry? fuck and kill and we do it in rounds there there's like a a narrowing down process similar to march madness i don't know we are mostly in america our listener base i'm not sure everyone here is familiar with march madness this is certainly the right demographic as well uh, because traditionally um americans who love video games are also huge basketball fans uh, it's it's a game <laughs> basketball that you play on a court, usually made of wood. Sometimes it's a blacktop made of asphalt, and you you just bounce a ball 
your hand over and over and occasionally you'd throw it towards a net that's really high in the sky most of the time you don't get it but sometimes you do and everyone's happy not to be confused with a different sport 2k uh 2021 basketball that game. right that's where basketball came from it originated right. in 2k and then they turned it into this like real life game Afterwards, if just to kind of you know bridge the gap between gamers and now that now that we've introduced sports. people to the sport of basketball and how it relates to to Mary Fuck Kill, hey everyone, we're gonna do Mary Fuck Kill, and there are Holden in the next six week six months. Sorry, in the next six months, there is so much coming out. We usually do eighteen games every time that we've done this. We have a list of eighteen. We narrow it down to chunks of three, and then we come up with the final ones. And so I started by going to, you know, like you do, you go to the Wikipedia, you look at all the games coming out, and you just pick out the ones that like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that, or that'd be a good, a good one for us to discuss. And you kind of leave out the riffraff that neither of us are interested in, because our audience knows that we're not going to have a good conversation around it. And then I go from there, and I'm like, all right, do I need to go find a couple of other ones because I don't have 18 yet, or do I need to take out a couple? And... Um, by literally, I was being very, very conservative with my picks, and I got 30. There's a lot of good shit. Whoa. And so I had to, I had to make a couple of rules. There were, one of the rules was you're not allowed to use um, remasters or remakes. So I had to take all of those out and do just new IP or new installments. <sighs> so here's you took a, out Advance Wars? Here's a list of games that aren't part of today's MFK that are still worth mentioning that are coming out that like we would have had struggle like figuring out what we want to do with them. Skyward Sword HD, Microsoft Flight Simulator for Xbox, Pokemon Unite, the MOBA, Skatebird, Hades is coming to consoles, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, No More Heroes 3, Cruise and Blast, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Mario Party Superstars, next-gen version of Grand Theft Auto 5, and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Again, those are games that are coming out that are remakes, remasters, re-releases um, that we're not considering, but are still, like, that's a lot to look forward to. So we have our list of 18. So Advanced Wars is there. Advanced Wars is not there. Oh. Advanced Wars was not even on the list of things that are coming out, question mark, this year? What? Either that or it was what? on the list and I just didn't care. <laughs> to be fair, I never would have convinced you to put this on the list anyway. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Video game. Does it have like a date date? Yeah, it's like December 3rd or something like that. It's the very end of the year. Why did they type July 2021? I mean, I think I would have been the only one vouching for it. So it's not a big deal. It's not there. I feel like if I saw it, though, I would have seen it. Be like, oh, yeah, let's put that on there. And so December. And December, there were only... Oh, yeah. It's because it has such a long title that I just immediately thought it was something Japanese we didn't care about. Advance Wars 1 plus 2 <laughs> re-hyphen boot camp. I mean, it is something Japanese. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that is December 3rd, but again, not on the list. So, Holden, let's start. Here's how we go. We, we have these in, in triplets, three games, and then we, we do that six times, and then we take all the ones we said we would marry. We decide which one we would marry. All the ones we said we would fuck, figure out which one of those we want to fuck, and then ultimately one we want to kill as well. And just like most times, there is like some relation between the three games and why they are chosen together. So let's start with round one. These are um, indie games that might be fun or bite-sized or shorter experiences that just, uh, they're just kind of fun to us-ish. WarioWare, get it together. 
12 minutes and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Mary fuck kill. And remi- reminder, we have to agree on the marry the fuck and the kill. This is the official universal affable idiots respawning fire ranking. Well, this is easy for me. Oh, it is. This is really easy for me. Okay. Fuck Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, you I, my favorite turtle is D'Angelo. So. <laughs> You're going to fuck all of the turtles? Oh, my God. No, I'm going to kill them. Did oh, I say fuck? You I said kill. fuck all the turtles. <laughs> so be careful with this game. That means something different. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to kill them because fuck them. Oh, okay. Um, I just don't care about TMNT. Again, my favorite Ninja Turtle is D'Angelo. Uh-huh. Uh, inside joke if you don't know what I'm talking about. But you should know if I say is uh, my favorite Ninja Turtle and you like Ninja Turtles, I think I think it's a self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. I don't know them. <laughs> I don't know any of them. Um, so yeah, um, kill that game. Um, fucking only takes 12 minutes, maybe, so depending on what's going on at the time. So like 12 minutes, I'll fuck that. And then uh, absolutely going to marry WarioWare. Are you kidding? <laughs> I want a long-lasting relationship with that mustache. Interesting. You know, I'm. I think I... I think I'm okay with killing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. And again, for anyone listening, if you're not, this is, if this is your first time tuning in for a Respawning Fire MFK, these ti- these titles don't have any kind of relation to like, are we excited for this game? Is it going to be a good game? It's just like, do we want to fuck this game? Or do we want to kill it? Um, but turtles, bestiality, gross. They live in a sewer. They eat nothing but pizza. <laughs> they're not... They're Obviously, not very hygienic. So, uh, yeah, I'm okay with killing the turtles. They're going to be smelly. I mean, yeah, they're cool and they're fun. They can protect me, but no, I'm not going to be with that for a long time, and I'm not going to touch it with my penis. Yeah. I'm not as convinced or sold on your ranking of 12 minutes in WarioWare, though, because 12 minutes, it's a dark game about, like, murder, I think, and it's got Willem Dafoe, and then, like, that's weird to fuck. You ever thought about fucking Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin? I don't know. You thought about fucking Wario, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then you get to Wario, just filled with farts. Very quick though, like talking about multiple orgasms in one session. It's very, very, very quick ones. Um, I feel like Wario, where if you're married to it, might be like getting married to someone with dissociative identity disorder, with just like multiple personalities. And it's just like every minute they're a new person, and that could be fun. It would certainly never get old unless you really like one of the personalities, and you're like, please just just stay. I'm tired. No, I don't want Lisa here. Dear God, Lisa, go away. I think I've talked myself into marrying WarioWare. That sounds fun, and I don't I don't want to you know you know, I could I could fuck yeah. twelve minutes because I don't want all of that drama and Willem Dafoe in my life for a long time. So. Yeah, I just had to talk it out. And think of all the crazy things you'll see over your marriage with WarioWare. All the toys you'll get to play with. <laughs> He's very much into experimentation. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so next up, we have uh, three games that are all shooty-shooties. They all have to do with shooting aliens in many senses of the word. Mm. We have Rainbow Six Extraction. We have Aliens Fireteam Elite, and we have Six Days in Fallujah. Ooh, mm. I thought you were going to say these aliens. I'm like, oh, that's 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 a lot. Um, <laughs> um, mm. Aliens in the word is in like 
not not in the USA. That's that's the the literal term alien. No, yeah, 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 I get yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, well, I started last time. I guess what we can't kill six days in Fallujah. That's just like no. that's like saying I don't like the troops or I don't support the troops. If you just immediately wish for them to die, we we can't do that. I think we have to roll that out. It's PR suicide. Yeah, I also think that that's. I don't know. It's PR suicide to also say marry or fuck it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of no matter what we do with that game, we're, we're totally fine. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think that, again, like Six Days of Fusion, we'll have to kind of wait and see what the case is with that game. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we need to give it a chance and we need to be open-minded about it and it could still be really bad. And that sounds like a situation I would fuck. I'm, I was going to say the same thing because, you know, like, give it a chance. That kind of – you're not giving it a permanent chance. Like, you know, let's see how this works for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You're just like, no, let's let's take this one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not good after the first day, bye. <laughs> okay, let's fuck the troops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill the troops, but fuck the troops. Not yeah. a PR disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to fuck six days in Fallujah. And then that leaves us with Rainbow Six Extraction and Aliens Fireteam Elite for marrying and killing. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the thing that's tough about this. Mm. I think Rainbow Six Siege is a is a really good game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not like drawn to it. It's not a game I want to play all the time, but it's absolutely a really good game. Alien games in the past are really hit or miss. Yeah. I mostly miss. So, in fact, I think only miss. Yeah, I've heard Isolation's really good, but I've heard it's like, yeah, there's some not great things about it. I've heard it's, it's really like good you, for the first you know, like thirty percent, and then you get tired. Yeah, and I don't. That sounds like a horrible marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and we're already fucking six days of Fallujah, so we might as well kill aliens. Plus, that just yeah. sounds more fun. Killing aliens. It is actually. This is a really good, like, comparison point. Actually, though, of like these two games, because I I don't know if I would like love getting married to Extraction, but I don't think I would regret it. Whereas. I feel like that would be the case. It's kind of like when you have like two exes and you're like, man, which one do I want to marry and which one do I want to kill? And you're like, well. <laughs> Faced with that dilemma every day. <laughs> we got to make a choice here. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that uh, we'll kill aliens and we'll marry extraction. Okay. Okay. All right. So two down, four to go. We have uh, the next pairing is... Uh, games from publishers that we probably don't really give much a crap about, but they're big AAA games. There's like <laughs> they're, we we kind of care about these games. We care about how they do, but we don't really. So, Far Cry Six, Far Cry Six, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay, this is easy for me, but I think this might not be the case for you. Oh, Deathloop. Okay. I want to marry that game already. You do? J'accuse. Why so? I do. I Because I love Dishonored. It's essentially a next-gen version of Dishonored with a heavier emphasis on shooting and crazy time mechanics. Which I'm like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. 
Um, it's like when you see someone's fan? Tinder profile, you're like, I'll marry her. You you really you like Dishonored, Dishonored a lot? Fan. I haven't played the second one. I did. I like Dishonored a lot. I didn't play the second one though, and I always felt bad about that. And I have it. I just need to play it. And Trevor's you telling have a history me of some things of loving kind of, games yeah. and not playing the penultimate or the I'm the ultimate entry in the series. Yep, Mass Effect. Yep, Hit, Hitman. <laughs> There's a Metroid lot. Metroid Prime as well, right? Um, you didn't play Metroid Prime three. Oh, Metroid Prime, yeah. Look yep, at that. I, I, I've played part of two, but never all of two. I know. But it's still a, one of your favorite mess. games. You um, are okay, such so a I would marry person. Metroid Prime is one of my favorite games ever. And the fact that I haven't played two or three is crazy. Mass Effect 2, one of my favorite games ever. Why I never played three <laughs> is an absolute mystery to me. <laughs> um... Okay, so okay, so Deathloop, I'm going to marry. Um, Far Cry 6 and Ghostwire Tokyo. <clears throat> I don't give a shit about Far Cry. I just do not fucking care. I yeah. feel like you're the same, feeling the same so thing. So here's the thing. Uh, of all of these, like Far Cry 6, it's all about like, it's not, it's not about like drugs and criminals and cartels and shit like that. Right? Yeah, like a dictator in yeah, uh, a I'm, South American country. I don't yeah. feel bad about them dying. Like, sure, hum- all human <laughs> life is valuable, but like, if someone's gotta die, it's okay if it's the cartel. Um, but then we have Deathloop. You're on a roll with this one. You just said that, and then like, let's have a PR disaster. By the way, Six Days of Fallujah is connected to aliens. <laughs> In another sense of the word, Holden. This episode's a PR disaster so far. <laughs> Context doesn't matter. So, here, so that leaves us with <laughs> killing Far Cry Six. Leaves us with Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. I, I, yeah, I'm okay with marrying Deathloop and kill and fucking Ghostwire Tokyo because I don't want to be married to something that I'm going to be scared of for the rest of my life. Like being uh, every time that I get up to go pee in the middle of the night, that's and it's dark. And you never know what's in your bed with you. Absolutely. I mean, scary fuck, not a great experience either, but it's better than scary marriage. Right. You can do anything for a night. Not the rest of your life, though. Yeah. Exactly. We've been pretty much in agreement. Hey, I'm do something real quick. But almost all of these. There's not been a... I, yeah. I'm going to do something real quick. You are uh, breaking up like a celebrity romance. So we're going to go to a hold slide for 14 seconds. I'm going to end the call and we're going to call you right back. Be back. All right. <laughs> Are you, uh, can you talk for a little bit? I can't talk at all. You can't force me to, Chad. You're Chad. Nice. All right, we're going to go back. Mm hmm. And we're back. All right. So next grouping. This is group number four. <clears throat> Three games. I can't guarantee just because I don't know what the last one kind of is. Uh, but three games that are all kind of exploration-based, um, adventure, cool things. We have Metroid Dread. We have Axiom Verge 2. Mm-hmm. We have Kena Bridge of Spirits. Mm. Mary fuck kill. <sighs> okay. 
I just put Axiom Forge recently. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But I love Metroid more. Ooh. So Metroid Dread, gotta marry it. A fucks with Axiom Verge too. Killing Kina. And it's just because I don't know. I know that game looks really pretty, but it's that developer's first game. They're mostly known for animation, so that's why it looks really good, but I don't know how it's going to play yet. And the the play is important. That's, like, the primary thing to do. If you're in a marriage, the play is important. If you're fucking, the play is important. I don't know how it's going to play yet, so I'll kill it, because I like the other two more. This might be where we have our first disagreement. Uh-oh. Because Metroid Dread, I think, does look fantastic. And so I'm on board with marrying Metroid Dread. But Axiom Verge 2 is very similar to Metroid in is a Metroidvania game. And I feel like if I was going to fuck mm-hmm. one person, well, there are a couple things wrong with this. One... If I get the opportunity to just go fuck one person during my marriage, I'm not gonna mar- I'm not gonna fuck the same person or the same type of person. Like that's a waste of a, an extra fuck. I want to fuck someone completely different. But also, if it's like a side little side little piece of ass, <laughs> the Axiom Verge Two is, then Metroid <laughs> Dread is just like, I'm right here. You have the exact same thing right here in your bed. What are you going out there for? I'm so more likely to be jealous. Whereas if I fuck Kana Bridge of Spirits with all those furry little black ball things that are all over her. Um, then it might be like, oh, I understand it. That's something I can't give him. So I'm okay if he has to get it elsewhere. Plus, it looks beautiful. If you want your one-time bang to be like the most that it can be, you want to go bang the most beautiful thing that you can find. You don't want it to be, you know, a, 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 but, a one out of ten at a bar. But is it beautiful and boring? I I don't know, but kind of, yeah, but kind of like, uh, but kind of like, um, I forget what we were talking about earlier, like giving it that chance. You're like, it, it, I, I'm open-minded. It could be, I'm going to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Like that's having that same idea about Cana Bridge of Spirits. <clears throat> like that could help get us to some very good okay, so bucks. I, I, I totally see your logic here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me, let me see if we can. Find some some agreement using your approach here because I mm. like your approach. Mm-hmm. We're both marrying Metroid Dread. We have yeah. we have so many reasons to. It just makes sense. There's always that one thing that you wish you could do, and Axiom Verge is like it's not a hugely different experience, but it does melee combat as opposed to shooting combat as the oh. primary. And so like, mm, so this like, is like it, it'll like, let you get pegged. Like you're like, listen, I really want to try pegging, and she's like, I don't want to. I don't want to wear a strap on. That's weird. And you're like, well, Axiom Verge exactly. is going to wear one. She's like, just go fucking yep, fuck and Axiom you know. Verge once. Yeah, and you know, too. Like, it's almost like a g- guaranteed, like, I wanted this one thing. This does that one so thing. So it's like the kinky, the kinky exploratory version of your day-to-day life. But it's like, it's on your birthday. And you're like, let me go do this weird yeah. thing <laughs> with the stripper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... So I hear you though, Kina, beautiful. Yeah. It could be boring. It doesn't I don't feel it doesn't really mean that much. I there. don't feel strongly enough that I'll disagree. So I I like your analogy and I like your train of thought there, and I'm going to uh, add that in. So we're gonna we're gonna fuck Axiom Verge 2, and we're gonna kill Kana Bridge of Spirits. 
Regretfully so, by the way. Like, I don't, I don't like killing Kina. Not well. as much as I liked killing TMNT. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, our penultimate trio of games are three shooty-shooty multiplayer experiences um, that are sure to be a good old time. Number one, Evil Dead the Game. Back for Blood. Battlefield 2042. I don't care for like any of these, so I'm curious what your thoughts are here. <laughs> um, Battlefield 2042 seems like it has some longevity to it. And it seems like it has a lot of like really cool things that could be happening that you could continue to explore and see new things happening in that game over and over for a long time, which I think is the key to a successful marriage. I'm going to propose marrying Battlefield 2042. And then I have no ties or knowledge of Evil Dead. I've never seen the movie. I I don't really know. Uh, There's a guy whose first or last name is Ash, I think. I don't know. But there are mm-hmm. chainsaws, and I think it's people. So maybe Evil Dead, the game, is like, it's less scary than Back for Blood. I can't imagine fucking the monsters and terrifying things in Back for Blood, but I could maybe fuck a person with a chainsaw. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose <laughs> fucking Evil Dead, the game, and killing Back for Blood. I can agree with that. I see that. I can agree with all that. Yeah? So we're marrying Battlefield yeah, 2042. There are tornadoes. Yeah. There's jumping out of planes. A whirlwind of excitement. Rocket yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm. All right. Final trio. These are big blockbuster installments in first-party franchises. Horizon Forbidden West. Forza Horizon 5. Halo Infinite. Forza Horizon Forbidden West Halo Infinite. Forza Horizon specifically, not Forza Motorsport. Sport, yes, Forza Horizon. This is true. There's a distinction. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'm gonna say something controversial, but it's nothing about this game. It actually is. It's kind. Of, it's oddly optimistic. But like, hear me out here, okay? We're gonna kill Horizon Forbidden West. Oh shit! Explain yourself. It's because. Because I don't think it's coming this year. So it'd be like, I'm going to kill it. Ah, he escaped death or she escaped death. So it just doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't impact anything. Whereas Mm. Halo Infinite... Halo Infinite could be the start of something really big. And that's exciting. I don't know if I'd marry it. Whereas Forza Horizon is like an established... Thing. It's worked at the kinks. Probably has a lot of content going on that we know about and can feel more comfortable with than we can with Halo Infinite. And I'd marry that. So I'd say marry Forza Horizon. Whoa. Fuck Halo Infinite. Kill Forbidden West. But it's only because I don't think Forbidden West is coming out this year. It's like, I'll arrive to kill it. But it's like, oh, man, wrong day. They're not going to be here. And then, like, they don't. I don't have to kill anything. They don't get killed. And like, it's kind of where I'm thinking they're doing the PlayStation event this week and they're not talking about horizon. Why do you hate women so much? 
I didn't say anything about the game. I didn't say anything about I'm doing it so I don't have to kill her. You wanted to kill Kena immediately out of the gate. You're like, I don't know what's on this whole list of things, but I know Kena Bridge of Spirits is coming out and I want to kill it. Okay, so so I'm a sexist, but you're racist. <laughs> what? Where did that come from? Um, I did not expect you to say Mary Forza Horizon 5. I didn't either, but I can't. I can't commit to Halo. I just can't. Do it. <laughs> um. Wow. Wow. I just find Forza Horizon so boring. So very, very boring. Even with seasons, I'm not interested in seasons. <laughs> and it's like, if I'm gonna have one, fuck. I don't, I don't want it to be on a boring. Like, kind of, kind of like what we were talking about with Metro Dread Maxim. Like, if you're gonna fuck, if you get one of these, like, make it something crazy or something that you would never really do or something completely different. But like, I don't want to waste it on a boring. And then it comes to Mary. Ah, I just, how do you kill Horizon Forbidden West? There's so much to explore. Because you don't have the to. That's the beauty that of this. It's a loophole. Poop hole. But is it's a loophole. not gonna. It's going to stand you up. It's going to stand you up. If you try to marry it, it'll stand you up, and it won't be there at the, <laughs> at, the, uh, at the ceremony. So, like, are you going to do that? You get some serious blue balls if you go to fuck, and it, it's not there to fuck. But if you kill it, and it's not there to kill, it's a positive. I'm okay with fucking yourself, Halo. Do you, think Horizon, do you think that Horizon's coming out this year? I do. I do. Okay. So I think that's where we're going to meet our disagreement. Yeah. Uh, because we, I think we agree everything. on Halo Infinite. Like We could fuck Halo Infinite. In real life, I think I'm probably going to play through the campaign and maybe multiplayer once. And so it's the, that's the equivalent of, of fucking it. Yeah. And I'll be done with it very quickly. Then we get... I, just, I, can't, I can't get on board with killing Horizon Forbidden West just because you don't believe it's coming out. Like you don't. It's not that you like Forza Horizon enough that you're like, oh, I gotta marry this. It's just like you you really don't like Horizon Forbidden West or women. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the game itself. It's if it's gonna stand me up, I'd rather it stand me up in me trying to kill it. That's than the me kind of thinking it. when you when you go into a relationship, whether it's a murder relationship or a marriage or a sexual one time relationship, <laughs> and you already assume the worst about it, like. That's that's causes failure. That when you go into it like that, with I mean, that horizon. Mindset. I mean, all right. So imagine this, right? Imagine that that Horizon's dad, Herman Holst, came up to you and is like, "Hey, she might not make it to the wedding this year." Does that now change your mind? Hey, there's always next year. Her dad, her. There were a yeah, lot of people who didn't make it, it to the wedding wanna... last year. <laughs> Some of them. Just because they hated each other, some of them because of the pandemic, some of them because they were dead from other causes. But there were a lot of people who didn't make it to their wedding. It didn't mean that that wedding wasn't worthwhile. <laughs> because I killed it and it didn't arrive at your wedding. <laughs> um, all right. So, all right. I'm, I'll, I'll, um, 
I'll cede this territory to you because there's no way you're ever going to kill Forbidden West, even though I, I think can't. I have the right approach here because it's not happening. You're going to get set up at the wedding, but here's the thing: I won't tell you I told you so when it happens. I appreciate you're crying it. at your your wedding. I'll just I'll it. just console you, okay? Okay, okay. Because I don't really mind killing Forza. <laughs> this is really. <laughs> This really phased me. Okay. <clears throat> so here here we go. We now have, of our 18 games, we have six Marys, six fucks, six kills. We got to narrow it down to one each. We'll do that starting with kill. I'm going to list two games. We've decided which one we want to kill. And then we'll go to the next two and the next two. And then we'll pick from that three. <clears throat> so are we killing Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, or Aliens, Fireteam Elite? Which one do we want to kill more? Uh, I know you're going to say Turtles. I feel like there are other yeah. games in here that we want to kill more, so I'm going to I'm gonna say it's okay because I know Turtles won't be our most killed game. So I'm okay with picking that for now. Okay, so Turtles. <laughs> All right, then we have um, killing Far Cry 6, killing Kena Bridge of Spirits. I feel like we both can agree Far Cry 6. We don't need those, those cartel drug lords. Absolutely, yeah. And then, my hatred for women does not <laughs> overtake my hatred for Far Cry. <laughs> then we have Back for Blood and Forza Horizon 5. What are we killing? I feel like Back for Blood. Neither of us care, I think, about Forza. Y oh, really? We okay. don't care about Forza, for sure. But I d you're right. It, this is, sorry, in my brain I'm thinking like, oh, I don't want to fuck it. I don't want to marry it. We've already considered that. Like, now it's strictly which one do we want to kill more? And I think you're right. We want to kill Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. Okay. So then our three games, Shredder's Revenge, Far Cry 6, Forza Horizon 5. Far Cry, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's kill Far Cry. Far Cry is our official kill game for 2021 Part 2. Far Cry 6. All right, what are we fucking? I honestly think if you had just listed all of the games at <laughs> one time and said which one to kill, I think we all would have said Far Cry still. Yep. All right. Um, so the fuck games. First two are 12 minutes, six days in Fallujah. <laughs> which one? Are, I just, just because to avoid the PR nightmare, I don't want to put any more light on six days in Fallujah. Can we just like... Say we're gonna fuck twelve minutes, and then never have to speak I of really six days in Fallujah fuck again. Six days in Fallujah, because I'm so honestly, I don't have many. I'm not very curious about twelve minutes, but I'm very curious about six days in Fallujah. For better or worse, I'm like, I'm really curious about that. I, I okay. really, I really want to see what that's all about, and that's kind of the definition of the fuck. For category. the same thing, for the same reason I I allowed turtles before, I'm gonna allow six days in Fallujah because there's something else here that I think we're gonna end up fucking in the end. Um, okay. Which is Axiom Verge 2, Ghostwire Tokyo. Axiom Verge 2. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought, you dirty girl. And then finally, <laughs> Evil Dead the Game or Halo Infinite. I have zero Halo interest in, in Evil Dead the Game, really. So yeah, Halo Infinite. Okay. All right, okay. then we have those three. Six Days in Fallujah, <laughs> uh, Axiom Verge 2, or Halo Infinite. What are we fucking? Axiom this Verge 2? This got really tough for me. I just fucked Axiom Verge the first one. But if we come out of this episode, we can't make the thumbnail, we fucked the troops in six days of Fallujah. 
<laughs> we can't make that the episode. Holden. Are you kidding? We have to make that thumbnail. You, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, so, so you're just like, I'm still like, out of all those games, like for better or worse, I'm really, really curious about Six Days in Fallujah. I, it, it feels like it could be a really important game. It could that, be, for if sure. If it yeah. fails We've in a huge way, before. if it does really well, I think it, it does a big service to games talking about serious subjects if it does well if it does badly then we've learned how not to talk about serious subjects in in gaming and that's like i think there's a lot on the line with this one um i think also the outrage on the game has made me more interested in it than anything to be honest <laughs> um and i don't know I, i'm really caught on that whereas like i just fucked axiom verge 2 and i don't even remember the third one's name so. <laughs> <Halo> infinite <laughs> Holden, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be supportive of you and you exploring your fe- your sexual identity, and I'm going to let you fuck Fallujah out of curiosity. <laughs> so we're going to fuck six days in Fallujah because you are Fallujah curious. All right, Mary. I'm Fallujah curious. <laughs> Mary, we have WarioWare Get It Together versus Rainbow Six Extraction. You made a great case for WarioWare. And then I made it even better by saying it's like multiple personalities. <laughs> and it's a new marriage every minute. Yes, yeah, so we'll marry. All right. Um, it's a new marriage every minute. <laughs> then we have Deathloop and That's Metroid a Dread. To split. It's a new marriage every minute. <laughs> so round two is Deathloop and Metroid Dread. Which one are we marrying from that? Oof. These are things I, I really want to marry both of them. But Deathloop's like, I, I like Arcane, I like Dishonored, but it's a new thing. Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god. This is Metroid coming back, Metroid's great, I've kind of gotten into Metroidvania's this more recently. This is the one that got away. The yeah. remake, what is it, 16 yes. years in the making or something Perfect. like that? And now she's finally back in your life and yeah. you have an opportunity to be like, let's catch up. Tell me about all your kids out of wedlock that you have. <laughs> Yeah, they're named like Metroid Other M. It, so. They're named that Metroid like game on 3DS that nobody wanted that was multiplayer. Those are all my kids out of wedlock. <laughs> all sent to adoption. <laughs> all sent to an orphanage. I wonder when... when um, I should have asked Trevor about that last episode whenever he was on. He was asking about, what is that game called? It's like Metroid Battle Bots or something. Oh, uh, Metroid Federation Force. Federation Force. BattleBots, Federation Force, alliteration, isn't there? There's also uh, like a free thing that came alongside called uh, Blaster Ball. Metroid Prime Blaster Ball. Next up is Battlefield 2042 and Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, of those two horizon but i still feel like we're gonna get left at the at the altar it's okay because i think we're gonna i think right now we're choosing metroid dread overall anyway right yeah yeah i mean i love war for me we go dread wario wear horizon but it's dread by a huge margin for me so okay okay uh metroid dread okay so of all the games coming in the second half of 2021 we are marrying metroid dread we are fucking six days in fallujah yeah we are and we are killing, mercilessly killing Far Cry 6 with a ball-peen hammer and just beating the <laughs> shit out of it. 
And I just want to say for the record, by the way, this whole conversation, I ended up marrying a woman. I just want to say, I ended up marrying a woman. <laughs> Only after I called you out. You just did it for the PR. <laughs> um, for uh, just anyone who's curious, I, I meant to do this earlier at the beginning of the segment, but I didn't. For anyone who's curious, for 2021 part one, so the first six months, we chose to marry Mass Effect Legendary Edition, fuck Hitman 3, and kill Persona 5 Strikers. So that was our that was our previous one. Yeah. All right, Holden. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you to host the rest of the episode. I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. So we're going into playtime. We talk about what we've played, and Chad, I'm going to hand it over to you so you can tell us what you played this week. <laughs> Great. Um, I have a couple of new experiences. One, Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, that's our barf game for the next few hours. Um, it, oh, you just started playing it. We got to check the poll and see what one for Barf. While I talk about this, will you will you look up what one in Patreon for Barf next month? Yeah, I am sure that it is Katana Zero cool. because cool, that's cool, cool, where cool, it was cool, when I cool, left cool. it, and it was winning by a lot. So cool. let's see. So yeah, Red Dead Redemption Two. We're going to be talking about it this weekend. Um, our reactions as backlog accomplishment with Respawn and friends. We're going to probably have a special guest on the episode as well. Uh, you're welcome. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll learn a lot more about our feelings on that shortly. If you want to play along with us and vote on what we play in future months, go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire because you can get that and a lot more for a buck. Holden, what are they playing in July? Katana Zero with Ooh. 60% of the vote. Nice. What were what was the breakdown of the other percentages? Uh papers, please. Got a zero. I think it's the word papers in there and requires reading <laughs> as a primary mechanic. I don't blame anyone for that. Hyperlight Drifter, 30%, and Ape Out with 10%. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, we we played Final Fantasy IX. restarted playing Katana Zero right before you put the poll out. So I'm like, I got to vote for nice. Katana yeah. Zero. Um, we we played two very long games back to back over the last four months, so uh, it's time for something short. So I made sure to pick something that was less than ten hours. All four games were less than ten hours. Um, so we will finish that up at the end of July. We'll have another poll coming out probably in like a week and a half for whatever we're playing in August. Um, Destiny Two Holden. We returned back after about two months of being away from it, and we're fucking sucked right back into that tractor beam. I played about. 20 hours, not 20, 15 hours of that game over the last three days. Um, teamed up with Dallas, finally got him back into it. He was all excited to be back. And um, then Matt joined us last night. A grand old time. That game just continues to surprise and delight and impress and is wonderful. And I'll never stop playing it for the rest of my life. We also, Dallas and I played Dark Alliance. We both have Game Pass. He uh, has an Xbox One S. I have an Xbox Series X. And we both just went into it like, hey, we've got Game Pass. Let's see what this is like. Um, because I got some really bad reviews. And Dark Alliance is that, you know, it's the action RPG um, four-player co-op game. Like dungeon crawling and... Oh, not really done. It's it's an action RPG. It's just, it's a hack and slash almost. But you have these four characters. You can you know, upgrade skills and get change out equipment and upgrade your equipment and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so we just wanted to give it a shot, and it was fun. Like honestly, we played online together, and Dallas performance wise was having a lot of trouble just because he was running on the one S. 
but it was running pretty great on mine. I, occasionally, I'd have some stuttering and stuff like that, but uh, it was a good time. We probably, if we end up playing it again, we'll do it on PS5, just because we both have that next-gen system, and you know, if we can harass Brent or Matt or some other people on PS5 into, into playing with us, we will, but it was, it was a good time. I'd say if you would like... If you have some kind of affinity for that property, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, or Dungeons and Dragons, or if you like that style of game, uh, definitely give it a shot, especially if you have Game Pass. But uh, it was it was yummy. It was a yummy time. I won't play it solo probably, just because that kind of game is not really fun to play solo. But uh, if anyone else wants to play it, give me a ring. And then Holden, I played Stardew Valley, and I know what you're saying to yourself. Why are you playing Stardew Valley? That's super, like, why the fuck would you do that? And uh, the answer is... That's exactly is, what I was saying to myself. Yeah, it's a Stardew <laughs> Valley. It's, you know, it's a farming simulator. I was really into Harvest Moon as a little baby boy. And true story. Oh, man, hold on. You don't even know this yet. Right before I moved here to San, to San Jose in California, so about two weeks ago, um, about three weeks ago now, my mom found, get this, I, I've told this on the podcast before. I lost a Game Boy Color, an Atomic Purple Game Boy Color as a kid. I lost it. And then I had to play my Harvest Moon game on a regular Game Boy. And I was very upset because in black and white, I couldn't tell the difference between what is an egg on the floor that the chickens laid and what is the pattern on the rug. And I started crying to my mom, Mommy... I need a new Game Boy Color because I can't tell what's a chicken egg and what's not. So my mom said, all right, let's go to media play and we'll get, <laughs> she got me a, a teal Game Boy Color. My mom found the original Game Boy Color, the atomic purple one that I lost. We literally have not seen that thing since I got that teal Game Boy Color 100,000 years ago. She found it like three weeks ago and so now i have that i have now have two atomic purple game boy colors and i have that harvest moon game it was in the it was in the game boy color as well so um very excited anyway stardew valley um started it up on my tesla i have a tesla now it got delivered last week i fucking love it the autopilot's gonna spoil me but there's congratulations thank you thank you thank you um the so i got a model y and it comes with video games that are pre-installed and I didn't realize this until I started playing it, but it, it totally makes sense. But like the games are just there. I, I don't have to buy the games. It's admittedly a very small handful of like selection of games, but things like Cuphead are on there, Stardew Valley. There's like a couple. There's a solitaire game. There's a backgammon game. There's a couple other ones like people know that like I forgot about. But I was charging my car at work before I realized that it charges really slowly and it's not just something that I can go park, sit for a half hour, play a game and leave. Uh, I actually had to bring it to work today and leave it while I was there all day in order to fully charge up. Um, and I was just like, hey, let me break out one of these games. And I did Stardew Valley and it works on the touch screen. And uh, that game is just as addicting as you would think it is as a farming simulator. It's all the same things, you know, pull up this. It was, it's Animal Crossing, but without really dumb animal characters. Um, so you're, you're pulling up grass, chopping things. Anyway, I wanted to say I was surprised I could play that on a Tesla screen. And it was it was there, and I, it worked great, awesome. But I was very unimpressed with the operating system. Obviously, it's a car. 
not a game console, but it was like it it was very unresponsive, especially when you're like trying to bring up a menu, uh, like for preferences, like to turn subtitles off or things like that. It was just like, wow, this feels like I'm using a seven year old iPad that's running super slow on iOS one or something like that. But um, <laughs> so I was very unimpressed with that, and because of that, I likely won't play anymore. It makes me really surprised that like. Will I play Cuphead on it? I I was starting to think like, man, I might just keep a controller in the car just for like, if I do go on a road trip and we stop at a supercharger and, or instead of going to eat, maybe we just sit in the car and play Cuphead together. But like, if, it's, if that's the kind of experience on it, is it going to be laggy? Is it going to, like, that's not a kind of game that you want to have lag or performance issues on. Um, but what it did want, no. what it did make me want is like game, game Pass. How freaking sweet would that be on that giant screen it's always connected. My car is always connected to cellular and Xbox is talking about like expanding to as many devices as it possibly can, even outside of gaming and game consoles. So like, why not? Why not bring game pass to Tesla and allow you to access all of that there? So obviously the applications for it are very short, like as a very short list, like, Hey, I need to charge my car and I need something to do. And that's it. That's the list of things. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, just, I, I was just surprised that it was there, that the games were there. Then you didn't have to like buy Stardew Valley. It was just on your car, um, but, but not obviously the ideal way to play it. But cool in a pinch. That's it. That's all I played this week. Yeah, it's fun that of all the games to play Stardew Valley. I think it's still really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to play I Cuphead, but I didn't realize but I, Cuphead yeah. required a controller, and I didn't have one at the time. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm playing Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I played Red Dead Redemption 2 as well this week. I beat it last night. Um, that game is long. You beat like, the epilogue? Holy shit, is that game long. I beat the both epilogues. There's two parts. Very good. And... It took a long time to even beat the epilogue. I was very surprised. Yeah. Um, but I'll share my thoughts. Um, share that our thoughts when we do our barf chat later on. Um, didn't play much else. So I only played one of the game, but I wanted to mention a game I didn't play. But I, it's not a new story, but I'm just, like, blown away by this. Um, first game that I did play was Super Mario Bros. Like, the original Super Mario Bros. in the All-Star Collection in the... Nintendo um, Super Nintendo collection on the Switch. Um, I played that version of it. I only played it because of the rewind feature. I died. I rewound. I did that part over again. <laughs> um, so I didn't. I don't. Know, I kind of debated myself if that really counts as playing and beating it when like that's not really how the game is supposed to be played. But I counted it. Fuck it. Um, it's fine. It's Mario, <laughs> but it's you know it's obviously missing some things because it's from the NES. But I'm glad I played it. I don't think it was like a terrible experience by any means. Uh, it's just the rewind feature that makes it pretty bearable. Um, but I also beat it in like less than an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, it doesn't take that long, especially if you know how to get to the warp pipes to to go ahead and that kind of stuff. So like I don't know, like I played it. I wouldn't say I beat it, but I marked it as beat because I got to the end of the game. Like you know what I mean. I find that same that same struggle that I assume I'm going to have with Mass Effect. Um, whenever I get to Super Mario Bros. 3, anytime that I try to play that game, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to play this. Ooh, all eight worlds. But then you get to that first castle, and you're like, but I know if I just jump up here and go over, there's a whistle, and I can just jump to world eight 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I skipped seven <laughs> worlds and I was like, am I really playing the game at that point? But if I don't do it, then I know that it's like so much time that I just wasted. I'm like, well, I could have just skipped. So I have that same struggle whenever I play as well. Yeah. Here's a game I did not play, but I watched a lot of gameplay of it. And this is a game called Severed Steel. Now, I'll be honest, it took me a while to figure out what this game is. It took me a while of so what here's the here's the story. Um I started watching David Jaffe's streams lately or him kind of talking, just because I like to kind of hear his input on stuff since he's like been in the industry, kind of knows more what he's talking about than most video game commenters do because he's actually been in the industry industry he's a different perspective i want to hear it and he had the stream and the thumbnail was the coolest shooter i've ever played or something along those lines and i'm watching him play this and at first i'm like oh this is a first person shooter with some bullet time effects and it looks hard because david jaffe was dying all the time. It looks really hard. Um, but I'm like, oh, but this looks really smooth. It's interesting. And then he started to progress in the levels. And the more I watched him play and the more I started to look at like what was actually happening in the game, I'm like, oh, holy shit. This is something actually really unique and really interesting. I think this is going to be a big game um, when it comes out. I think it's going to be a little held back by the fact that it's made by one person. And therefore, the UI is not the hottest looking thing ever. It has a level level editor in it that looks completely unapproachable. <laughs> um, and it's just because it's a one-person team making a UI and it, basically a mini game engine yeah. um, inside of there. So, like, <laughs> I think there's some areas where it's going to be held back. But the gameplay itself is, like, crazy fucking awesome. Think super hot. So, super hot, you have one little small level that you have to do. There's enemies who are generally coming from the same locations and you have to figure out how to take these enemies out and you have to learn how to use your environment because your guns don't la have like a finite amount of bullets, then that gun is useless. You have to throw it away and find another gun like somewhere. And it kind of plays with time a little bit. It's like the inverse of that. Rather than moving through the environment super slow and things speed up when you move, because of how time works in super hot. Time works naturally, but then when you start to wall run, you can slow things down as opposed to speeding things up with with super hot. And you have some sort of goal like destroy the terminals. It'll just pop like like it's a super hot at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll kind of like be like destroy the terminals. It shows up in a very similar way. And then you have no weapons. You have to kind of run in and figure out this little puzzle box, small little area of like, okay, how do I find the terminals? How do I destroy them? How do I, you know, defeat the enemies along the way? How do I get my first gun? And you kind of have to figure it out in that moment. And it requires like wall jumping or like kicking a door down. So it hits this one guy and then you can slide underneath him and grab his gun. I saw one move someone did where there was three guys in a the corridor. They throw their gun over all of them, and then they slide down, steal the gun from the first guy, shoot him, wall jump, and take out the other two guys. His gun's out of ammo at this point. He drops that down and then picks up the gun he threw across the room and then uses that to shoot the guys in the next room. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that stringing of movement together to figure out how to get around that scenario, I'm like, that is insanely awesome. I'm like, I cannot wait to, like, play that for myself and, and see what kind of things you can do. Not done yet, though, because this game gets even bigger. It has a fully destructible environment system, where that which kind of becomes part of the puzzle, where 
you'll basically have an arm cannon that looks just like Samus's arm cannon on your left hand. You hold a gun in your right hand, and you can use that arm cannon to blow holes in anything and use that to navigate around your environment. Um, or even you can see enemies above you, shoot the floor out from below them, they fall down, shoot Ooh. them in the face, then jump up that hole. Like You can do all sorts of like stuff in this environment. And I'm just like, this just looks amazing. This looks really unique. I, no one's really talking about this game, but I really feel like it deserves attention. It looks incredibly unique. David Jaffe himself called it the best um, demo he's played in like years because it's just so engaging and so much fun to play. Um, but I'm just like, I'm really enthralled. I watched that game for hours, just so enthralled with its movement, how it works. Um, it's very arcadey um, in a fun way. And I just think it looks awesome. It comes out later this year on PC. Boo. I might be coming to con. It will be coming to consoles, but I don't know if it's coming to consoles at launch. Got it. Um, but I think it looks unbelievably cool. I'm so excited to try that out for myself. There's a demo on Steam. If you have a PC, you can play the demo on Steam right now. Is it on the Steam for Mac store? No, nothing's on the Steam for I Mac store. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you open up Steam for Mac and it just gives you a 404 error. <laughs> I could not find Are you sure you wanted to open this app? <laughs> Clippy pops up. <laughs> Hey, before we go into our, before we go into our quest log, uh, I want to do the hang up and call back thing one more time. We'll be back in 13 seconds. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. I don't know what it is, man. It's something between Discord and OBS. All right, we're back. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's very consistent, though, in the past few streams you've done, which is kind of concerning. Yeah, and it's... It's literally, it's totally fine until I hit streaming, and then it. All right, we're back. Oh, you're you're looking like uh, gotta go back to full screen so that you can see. There's your face. Okay, quest log. Yeah, you're up. Yeah. So first item in the quest log is from Microsoft's quest log report. Hideo Kojima and Microsoft sign letter of intent for new games. Says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. So this comes from actually from Jeff Grubb. Um, at the moment, Kojima and Microsoft had agreed to general terms allowing Kojima Productions access to Microsoft's Azure technology Excuse me, for their next game, which will be published by Microsoft. So basically, Microsoft wants them to make a cloud game, like a cloud-specific game. Right. The deal doesn't really come with a specific pitch, so it's not like Kojima came to them and was like, hey, I want to make this game using your technology. Microsoft approached Kojima and were like, hey, whatever you want to do, we want you to make it for the cloud. It's kind of what that, that sounds like. Um, those negotiations have been happening over the past few months, but the next few months are going to be lawyers on both sides kind of just hashing out the general, like the, the more um, nitty-gritty details of it, but the general ideas have been agreed upon by Kojima and Microsoft. So um, this isn't officially coming from Microsoft or Kojima, but um, it's coming from Jeff Grubb, who apparently has known that there's been talks for a while. He's been talking about this for a while, so it sounds like there's progress happening on this front. Chad, what are your thoughts on this? If there's anybody in the world who you would want to be like, hey, we have this new platform. It's all cloud-based. We don't know what the fuck to do with it, how to make cool things that are exclusive to it. Like, And you want someone to experiment with weird shit on it, Hideo Kojima is your man to do that. And 
I'm sure if you've uploaded any kind of photos to any cloud service whatsoever, you're already playing the game. And Hideo Kojima is going to somehow make those <laughs> part of the experience. Um, no, for sure. This kind of reminds me of when Stadia is like, we're going to eventually have exclusive games to Stadia that just aren't possible without streaming and cloud technology. And so... And Microsoft's been interested in this too. You go back to the announcement of Crackdown 3 when they're like, we're going to have some exclusive things in the multiplayer. Like destructible environments will only work when you're connected um, through, what did they call it? Mm-hmm. They called it Microsoft in the Microsoft cloud. Xbox in the cloud Xbox or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something generic like that. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I, this is, I don't think this is Kojima's next game that they've been talking about that their studio has been working on for a while. I think this is probably going to come after that. Um, I agree. Yeah. Also his next game was something about nine 11 because that affected him so deeply (laughs) at E3. (laughs) And so, um, um, yeah, the, I I agree because I think a lot of people are taking this and saying, see, this whole blue point thing couldn't possibly be a Kojima game because his next game is Microsoft. I'm like, unless he's been sitting on his ass and doing nothing for the past (laughs) like two years. Right. I'm sure he has something else he's been working on. And if there isn't a game pitch to go along with this, it's certainly not the game he's been working on for the past Mm -hmm. few years because that would have been the pitch. Unless it's just some crazy wordplay and by there was no specific pitch, meaning there was no pitch because the game already exists. Like, I don't (laughs) think that's what happened. Um, so yeah, so I think yeah, this Kojima's is, been is making cl- a cloud, like specifically a cloud-based game. Just like I got bored and made something and it only works in the cloud, so I'm shopping it around to people who have cloud services <laughs> and seeing which one wants to buy it. I know that's not how it works. <laughs> and also, before cloud gaming was really talked about in that kind of way, he started that before cloud gaming yeah, was even really yeah. discussed. He's just always way. doing weird shit. Yeah, uh, I also agree with you though too that Kojima is a perfect person to have experiment here and to see what kind of crazy shit they can do i think you're absolutely right there um one thing i'm worried that could happen is his game is so crazy no one knows how to take some of the concepts he's done and apply Mm. it to more like general games yeah but i I still think he's a good person to experiment with this and at least inspire people to be like hey look at this crazy shit i can do what crazy shit can you do um so i think there's still a good opportunity there another good opportunity for microsoft is They've been looking for Japanese developers because they want to speak more to the Japanese market. And I think, I don't know if Kojima is the best studio to do that, um, but because he tends to focus a lot on, like, he loves Western stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, and his games tend to mimic that sometimes. But I do think that it's a step in that direction for Microsoft um, to kind of be taken more seriously by the Japanese market to say, like, hey, we have some very, very prominent Japanese developers we're working with that, that make games that you know, that Japan buys. So I think that makes sense from that perspective too. Yeah. I, I'm curious to find, to like find out how much pull Kojima has in Japan, because you're right. It's all very Western focus. It's all, you know, he loves uh, Western cinema and he's always tweeting about movies and shit like that. And, and even, you know, Metal Gear Solid, like that he wanted to make this spy thriller movie that just like he had been um watching for years so i I don't know if he's like the he's not it's not dragon quest where everyone in japan just freaking shuts down when a new dragon quest game comes out but but you're right it's it's a it's a step in that direction towards winning over some japanese fans Mm-hmm. They should buy Capcom if they want to do that, because then they we could get um, Monster Hunter 
which would be huge Remember for Xbox like Japan, a year a or two ago buy. when the, there were rumors that Capcom was being for sale? That they were shopping yeah. around? And then there was like, I think it was this year, early this year Square or last Enix. year, that Sega, like someone was looking to buy Sega. Yep. Oh my God. Uh, Phil Spencer wore a ring that has Sonic the Hedgehog on it. <laughs> and it was also behind him in his office during a stream he did. Therefore. <laughs> Phil Spencer has a wedding yeah. ring so on. There are rings in Sonic the Hedgehog. Therefore. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, abandoned must be the Hideo Kojima game. <laughs> moving on to the sony quest log devs criticize sony's policies for playstation indies is armenicon at playstation lifestyle so the catalyst for concern here came from a tweet um thread by i think it's ian gardner just an interesting way of spelling ian um the only thing that makes me say maybe it's It's ian is because of the pretentious character that mac from sunny philadelphia plays on mythic quest he it, his is spelled Ian, however, but he pronounces it Ian just because he wants to be pretentious. But I don't know. <laughs> no, Ian makes sense as well. Um, here's his thread. I'm going to read out the thread. It basically says everything that people are agreeing with in the indie scene. Not everyone, but I'm sure most people are. All right. So he says, so here is a thread about Platform X. I will not be defining Platform X, but it's the operator of a very successful console and does not have Game Pass. (laughs) Platform X gives developers no ability to manage their games. In order to get promotion, you must jump through hoops, beg and plead for any level of promotion, and a blog is not as good as they think it is. Wishlists have no effect, so your your personal marketing means nothing to Platform X. All that matters is their evaluation. How is this evaluation done? Don't know. They don't share that, nor will they share um, the value they ascribe to my game. By the way, you cannot even do a launch discount without their approval, and it is, quote, very limited. That's right. You can't do the thing that every other platform meaning um, does, meaning the Platform X owners will always get the worst deal. Oh, but don't worry. There's a way to guarantee you get featured. All you need to do is spend a very reasonable minimum of $25,000 USA to get featuring. Oh, and then 30% of your subsequent earnings. Bargain. Um, allegedly, this is referring to Sony, and allegedly Microsoft has the same like $25,000 fee, but there are other policies in terms of like offering discounts and things like that aren't as restrictive as Sony um, is. He doesn't say Sony explicitly, but I think it's really obvious that yeah. he's referring to He's obviously not talking about Sony. Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is... I don't know. I, I think... They're taking a thirty percent cut. I'm fine with them taking a thirty percent cut. The twenty five thousand seems ridiculous to me. Quite honestly, it, it doesn't surprise me. Like that's it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but it's it, ridiculous. It's I, you have to pay for promotion, and with so there are so many games that like yeah, you have to pay a premium in order to get featured on a store or the front Mm -hmm. page or hey, Indie Game of the Week or whatever it might be. Like that, it just makes sense. Like otherwise, if if it was only like $5,000, then everyone could do it and then it doesn't matter if you're featured because everyone's featured. Um, So that doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me, however, is that for a console that seemed to be so developer-focused... The PS4. Mm-hmm. It was so for like for games and also designed by talking to game developers and all that kind of stuff. 
um, and they were so indie focused as well, especially at the beginning of that console generation, to, to hear not just this, but all the game developers that are replying to this and being like, yeah, that, that's exactly my experience. Or yeah, it's impossible to get someone on the phone over there or to get support or whenever I need to update something about my game to get someone online or five mm -hmm. questions. And then they say, but when I go to Microsoft or Nintendo, they are so responsive and something is that people are there to help me within an hour or two or whatever it might be. And so the money thing doesn't surprise me, but like the, the support for indie developers in general does yeah. surprise me. Uh, for a company that big that used to have such a, a big focus on indie games and game developers in general. I wonder what else comes to the $25,000. Because I think you're right. If it's just featuring, that makes sense. Um, they can only have so many slots to feature games. Um, but at the same time, does it is that the only thing the 25000 is for? Because 25000 opened things up where... You can kind of get better access to putting up updates or better access in different ways to get communication there. Then I think I'd have a bigger problem with it. But I think you make a good point that um, they can't just let everyone be featured. It doesn't work that way. Um, that is very, very fair. Yeah, this is and the other thing I totally agree with you, too, is that like we've always associated indies with Sony during the beginning of the PlayStation 4 time frame. But... It's like how, I don't know, like, it's not like the app store where you can just upload something and then that's it. You're good. Right. Yeah, it's a shame. It's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of discouraging to me in a lot of ways, too, because I really want to make games at some point. And hearing this is what the process is like on Sony, it's like, oh, that's disappointing because there are some ideas I'd like to try out that could only be done on a Sony platform. Um, but I, unless Microsoft also gets haptic feedback and adaptive triggers in their controller as well. But <laughs> in the meantime, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a shame. I think it's a, it's a shame. Yep. It also yeah. is something that like, again, I don't think it's right, but it doesn't surprise me that Microsoft is more and, and Nintendo, I guess as well is more, accommodating and and supportive of their developers like they they allow developers to do things with their games like early access is something that you can't do on a playstation platform but that you've been able to do on xbox for years um or yeah. mod support is something that you know, with fallout 4 i think it was it was one of the fallout games that you know having mods yeah, on a 4, console yeah. that was something that was only of it like sony said absolutely not although now apparently it works because dallas was playing some mods in skyrim the other day but uh, it was it's really limited though. They only allow certain types of mods, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that Microsoft is more accommodating and helpful when it comes to developers wanting to do whatever they want to do with their games. Uh, it just it sucks that Sony's not that way. Allegedly, according to this platform, according to this developer and a lot of other developers that responded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is surprising to me that Nintendo is not like this. I can see Nintendo wanting to have this like iron grip on their platform and be in and have this just basically veto button on every desk of every executive and just say no all the time. Um, because they have this very specific image you're trying to uphold about, you know, being a family oriented console. It does make sense when you get games like the guy jerking off in the back of a taxi. Remember that? <laughs> That's right. That game. What is it called? It was something called something really weird. But like, it makes more sense why like, that's there now. Don't don't it was something like don't turn around or don't make too much noise or something like that don't get caught yeah something yeah, yeah. like that 
Don't get yeah, it was don't get caught, which is so creepy. Don't get caught game. <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh, that's so gross to think about. Yeah, it's um, don't anyway. get caught. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. So, um, what was I saying? I don't know. I got distracted by that game because <laughs> what the fuck is up with that game? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's kind of a bummer to to hear. I, but it's tough at the same time because like I don't necessarily think on a game console like this you want just anyone to be able to post anything. Yeah. There's already garbage games in all these platforms with a lot of this. Um, heavy involvement in what's allowed and in and, and all that. I don't know. It's it's really tough. But here's the thing: if Microsoft and Nintendo are so much better at this, you get less indies on Sony. Sony still makes money on indies. It'll probably change at some point. Indies, one, they need to compete. Uh, one thing that I heard: I was listening to Easy Allies today, uh, and they were talking about the the thing as well. And they were they made a really great point: like if you are in the industry. And you have knowledge of, you know, indie developers. You have relationships. You have contacts. Um, now is a great time to be going to Sony and be like, hey, I would love to manage your indie portfolio and and manage relationships with all these developers because you obviously need it right now. <laughs> so, like, if you're out there, <laughs> now's a good time to get involved at Sony because they obviously have a an opening <laughs> or an opportunity. Well, isn't, um, I think Shuhei Yoshida is heading their indie Oh, that's right. right now. That's that was what. Oh, yeah. that makes us all even worse. <laughs> <laughs> that old Shuhei. What is his official title now? Uh, he was president. Blah blah. blah moving SAE related projects. Uh, he stepped down as president of SIE Worldwide Studios. Company reshuffle is newly formed initiative that will focus on nurturing external independent independent creators. Ah, uh, turns out Shuhei mm-hmm. was a, a demon the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> One bad move, it defines everything about you. Yeah. I bet he killed John um, Layden. <laughs> and now he's a ghost. A ghost of Shushima. Oh, Ghost Shushima director's shit. cut with Iki Island arrives in August, says Jenny Leda at Silicon Era. So what is included in this director's cut? Well, it has the Iki... Is it Iki? Iki Island expansion? I, I don't know no if that's pronouncing clue. it right. I played four we'll hours see. of that game. I liked it, but I never got far enough to know whether it was Iki or Iki or whatever. Iki Island expansion. Iki Island. I'll say Iki. Iki Island expansion. New map has a, has a new map no, and you new know story. What? You know what? It's available it's, to... It's got to be Iki because it's Japanese and the I makes uh, an E sound. You're right. Iki. Okay. So, yeah. So, Iki. Wait, you were trying to say again? Yeah, you said Iki. Whatever. I'm going to say whatever I want to say. Okay. Iki Island Expansion is a new map, a new story. It's available at the beginning of Act 2 if you're playing the game. But there are more details we'll apparently find out. Um, later on it has ps5 enhancements so it has 4k 60 frames per second 3d audio and then haptic feedback and adaptive tri- trigger support um there's also a save file transfer from ps4 to ps5 so you're not gonna have to restart your progress all over again which is really good to hear there's also a japanese voice lip sync now so the lip syncing will match the japanese dialect better which is also good to hear if that's how you want to play and then pricing which is kind of interesting here so at first they were just showing for the PS5 version, $60 for the PS4 version. I first saw that, and I was kind of pissed initially. I'm like, look, I just bought that game less than a year ago. If Mm. I have to buy it the whole game again just to get this content, I was going to be really annoyed. But they have a a 
a process for upgrading to the director's cut. It is $20. If you're on PS4, it is $20 to upgrade to the PS4 version of director's cut. If you have a PS5, this is a little weird, yep. but for PS5, right now, you can pre-order the PS4 version and then spend $10 to upgrade to the PS5 version when it comes out on August 20th. Is that confusing? Yes. I don't know why it is that way, but it is. Um, why not just pay 30 bucks now and get it? Is it going to be delayed? Are they expecting it to be delayed, the PS5 version or something? I don't know. I, I think I think that is because the, the other wrinkle on this is that you could also just pay $30 now to get the PS5. But I think for that, it you is... You can't. You can't? You can't. Not until... No, not until August 20th. Oh, gotcha. You can only get the PS4 version right now. That's what's so weird about it. That is weird. Uh, my assumption was, it, for those people who eventually will get a PS5 but don't have one yet, or maybe they're looking for one, but they still want to play it on yeah. PS4 and then eventually move over, that's what they would do, the, the 20 and then 10. But that, that makes complete sense. It's just the way the pre-ordering works with the PS5 version right now is yeah. weird. Because you can't put a pre-order the PS4, PS5 version of it. You can only pre-order the PS4 version. What's also cool, too, is if you pre-order the PS4 version right now and you don't own Ghost of Tsushima, you pay the 60 bucks for the PS4 version, and they just give you Ghost of Tsushima right now. So you can start playing oh, it right now cool. if you wanted to. And then, and then you can transfer your progress over. That is very nice. I wonder if you can Tyler, find you that game about on this? sale... Like a GameStop or something like that, used for like twenty bucks, and then get the upgrade Ooh. for twenty bucks, and then game the system. Um, am I excited for this? <laughs> I Ghost of Tsushima is one of those games that like I eventually want to come back to. I didn't get, a, I didn't finish it, or it didn't hook me right off the bat, but I didn't hate it. And I, I'm interested in in diving more into it. The director's cut at first. Seeing the price tag of it, like a $30 upgrade on PS5, I was a little off-put. I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money to spend on a PS5 upgrade with. But I don't know how big this island expansion is or what like percentage-wise it adds to the game. But there are other things to consider, too, that like over the summer or it was, uh, November or something like that, last year, they added that whole multiplayer component to the game for free they added those raids to the game for free and now they're adding you know the ps5 enhancements along with this new expansion the new story and all that kind of stuff and i was like you know what i think over time all of that together is probably yeah that's 30 bucks that's that's worth that upgrade for ps5 um for sure again i I don't know if i'm excited for it but i'm glad that it's happening I also, you know, one thing that I'm not super in love with is when they, when games release expansions that like you have to be in the middle of the game to play. Like, yeah, like they do yeah. this with Dark Souls and stuff like that all the time. They're like, oh, great. So if you go back into this area, it, like a third of the way through the game, then you can finally access this new different section that we've added. And I was like, yeah, but I fucking already got past that area. Now I've got to go beat the game again and then go back. I kind of. Yeah, uh, if we have a with that, it's like I think I started uh, Bloodborne uh, New Game Plus, and I'm like, man, this is much harder than the first run is. I don't have Chad here to help me out, <laughs> Ugh, but I want to play this old Hunter DLC, and I'm like, I don't think I ever beat that DLC because just, yeah. it was like you said, it's in the middle of the game. Um, the the thing here that bugs me is that Sony is charging a ten dollar fee for a PS5 upgrade. There's a few things that are weird to me about this. They haven't done this yet. Any cross-gen game that they have has always just been a free upgrade to the PS5 version. Even if there are like substantial upgrades. Was so, like, Miles Sackboy, like that? It's a six 
Miles Morales was, I'm pretty sure, was like that. Um, Sackboy was like that. Um, let's pull up the list. Did those games cost seven? Like, if you bought it on PS5, did it cost seventy bucks? A, like, in that case, like, why I'm don't pretty you sure just buy it at sixty was... and then get the free upgrade rather than just buying it at seventy? Well, I think, th- I think they're just sixty bucks to begin with. Oh, okay. So, let's see. I'll look it up. Sackboy pricing. Oop, I misspelled pricing, but Google will take care of it. See, all those Googlers out there this. making the world better by selling their personal information to to Google. At the cost of their souls. Yeah, Sackboy at, at least on best. I can't look at PlayStation Store because I already bought the games. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say purchase. But on PlayStation, 60 bucks for PS5 version and the PS4 version is 60 bucks. Um, let's check. Um, what was the one I mentioned? Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Also, considering while I'm looking this up, like considering that. I can't think of any next-gen upgrades that have actually cost me money. For the games I own, at least. Metro Exodus, free. Doom Eternal was free. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Star Skater. Wars. Really, they it, did? Yeah, okay. they did a $10 upgrade. But that's Activision, so. EA, though, they didn't with Star Wars. And if you expect anyone to do it, it's, mm-hmm. it's EA. You know who else um, I think? I think maybe Cold War did. Call of Duty Cold War. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, in fact, they did because... You couldn't do the upgrade on Xbox One or the Xbox platform because that's part of that's against Xbox's terms like and conditions. Is you cannot if it's offered through smart delivery, you cannot do a charged upgrade. So they didn't offer it on Xbox, but they did offer the upgrade on PlayStation for ten dollars more. Miles Morales is the same price on PS4 and PS5 on play, on a Best Buy. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I can't find any examples of Sony having done this before in the past. It sounds like there's a few examples, um, but the overall norm, I'd say, has been free upgrades. Most yeah. game experiences have been free upgrades. So it's a little surprising to see. That's the one that kind of like bugs me a little bit, especially like when it's Sony themselves. Um, I don't know, a little weird. But I think that, kind of what you were talking about earlier, with all the new content they've added and all that kind of stuff, um, the high quality of the game to begin with, I don't mind spending 30 bucks to get the additional content. I've been looking for a reason to replay this anyway. Well, not replay it, to finish it anyway. And the haptics and the adaptive triggers is honestly enough for me. It's already 4K60 yeah. right now, I think, on PS4. Um, and the 3, But 3D audio in that world is going to sound incredible. So I'm, I'm excited for this still, for sure. Moving on. Sony acquires, is it Nixie's? I think it is Nixie's, Nixie's yeah. software? Yeah. So Sony acquires Nixie Software, says Marie D'Alessandre from Game Industry Biz. So this is another acquisition Sony has made. They'll be joining the PlayStation Studios Technology Creative and Services Group as a support studio. Um, that company is mostly known for PC ports of games. Um, so presumably, Sony's buying this to handle more PC ports of their games. Which I think answers a question we've all had, which is, how often will Sony be doing this? Apparently, very often. Yep. They also, um, I didn't realize this at the time, but they worked closely with Herman Hulse to help finish Shadowfall, Killzone Shadowfall as well. And Herman mm-hmm. Hulse is now head of PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, so they have a, a very good relationship already going. So, uh, yeah, I think that we're starting to see Sony open up to this future of their stuff not necessarily being tied to a PlayStation console. With like They had some ambiguous language around that as well. Um, so 
this makes sense. This makes total sense with maybe them bringing in expertise to help like like Bluepoint, who is just like a remake machine where this pe- person will be like a port mm-hmm. machine. But what I'm hoping bringing them in is doing is just to help teach the other teams about, hey, how do we make your game for PlayStation, but also make it a lot easier to port to PC like as you're making it. That way we don't have to actually remake the game yeah. for PC or, or do a lot of... of post-production on it in order to make it run on pc that way we do start seeing these come out a little bit more often because i'm honestly i love my playstation i love playstation games but i don't care if other people get to play it on pc as long as people get to experience these cool games i'm fucking totally okay with that yeah yeah it doesn't it's i'm curious where it's going to go for sony in terms of their direction is it going to be like day and date on pc or just um, first on PlayStation, like then like a year later on PC. I'm still curious how that gets handled. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, I'm going to buy a console anyway. I, and I'm not going to buy a PC. Um, not much to worry about, I don't think. One thing I actually think that's, this is a good thing is that this is basically, this is just how I'm reading it, but it, it feels like this is kind of ensuring that backwards compatibility is going to be a thing going forward. From PS4 and on, yeah. all these consoles are going to be compatible because they have to be they have to keep these games working with the x86 architecture of pc they've been on x86 since ps4 obviously they made the transition to ps5 much smoother and i think we can assume because of this deal specifically psx 7 8 9 10 and so on and so forth will probably use that same architecture so backwards compatibility is much more solid um going forward so that that's i think is is a good point it does mean that until PCs have regular 5.5 gigabytes per second as a as a regular hard drive speed that they can rely on, not just in high end machines but in low end machines too, um, until that happens, they're gonna have to. They're gonna. There's gonna be a different lowest common denominator, um, which also might explain why a lot of these games are coming to PS4 still. Yeah, maybe because they're coming to. They're probably coming to PC anyway. Um, I don't know. I just think this is really interesting. I think this is a big sign of um, where they're going. What's interest, also interesting about this is that we thought that Bluepoint was going to be their next acquisition. Turns out it's Nixie's. And on top of that, Sony Bluepoint acquisition rumors seemingly shot down, says Armenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Bluepoint updated their Twitter bio and jobs page on their own website, referring to themselves as a fully independent, self-funded, and financially stable studio. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> It's really interesting because last week it seemed very likely that Sony's going to announce a Bluepoint acquisition. Either this is them shying away from rumors so that it's a surprise when it happens, or um, maybe they were planning on buying Bluepoint and it didn't go through. So they had the graphic ready, but it ended up not going through. So they didn't announce it. Yeah. It also might be more like, you know, Nintendo's, we don't have any plans to announce new hardware in 2021. Yeah, fucking right, you don't foreshadowing for later in the episode <laughs> but this is probably them being like hey we are fully independent and we're financially stable we don't need no man and then turns out yeah a month from now like, hey just kidding we had a man the whole time it's sony i i still feel like sony wants to do it at the very mm-hmm. least sony wants to buy them mm-hmm. yeah i i would not be surprised this is also the thing that, to bring your point too like they're just kind of shying away this is something so many companies have done i i have followed apple news like super closely through my entire life and i can't tell you the number of times steve jobs would say no we're definitely not doing that and the next year they're doing that yeah. <laughs> so there's one really notable one where like he showed off the ipod photo on stage for the first time and he introduced it by showing off a clip from 
Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he just said, like, no one wants to do that on their iPod. No one wants to watch a movie on their iPod. They want to look at photos on their iPod. No one wants to look at videos. We're not doing videos on the iPod because it's not an experience people want. Next year, iPod video comes out. <laughs> and they certainly were working on that when Steve Jobs is on stage saying, we're not doing videos. <laughs> um, so, this is, you know, they announce things when they're ready for them. So maybe they're not ready yet. Maybe they're in, in the middle of something. Who knows? Who knows? Sony announces date of its next state of play, which is all about Deathloop, says Rachel Kayser at PlayStation Lifestyle. The event will last 30 minutes. We'll focus on Deathloop and other third-party experiences. There will be no first-party games at the event, as far as we know right now, which I think is kind of surprising, to be honest. I think I thought they, because we were talking last week, that we felt like they had to start showing off this next round of PS5 games. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's surprising that... I, it's not surprising in that I don't think there's anything ready to show off yet. Especially if like Horizon is the next big thing that we're going to see from them and they're like right now it's looking like we'll probably hit our date in the end of 2021. Like they probably don't want to show anything more that they can't commit to. Um so I yeah. get it. But yeah, to have a whole 30 minute direct focus on a lot on Deathloop, which is a game that like I feel like we've seen a trillion times and we just need to now have the game. Um, seems surprising to me. Hopefully we do learn a little bit more about other yeah. third-party stuff. Like if we learn about Final Fantasy 16 or Final Fantasy Part 2 Remake yeah. 7, whatever. Like I would love to see more of that kind of stuff though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just because it's not first-party there doesn't mean that we won't see really hot exclusive PS5 games. Yeah. Like to get really crazy, the the rumored From Software Bloodborne spiritual successor that technically is still third party. Yeah. Um, if the Silent Hill game is real thing, that technically isn't first party. Um, so there's like big games that like could end up being. I'm not saying Silent Hill is going to be there. Be very clear. I'm just saying as an example, like that would be a big game if that is real. That could show up there. You know what's it's really still weird? In this, I yeah. this is a lot about like my expectations from a state of play and what they've been in the past. But I saw this announcement and didn't even once cross my mind that like this could be their E3. Like, this could be them coming out and saying, hey, here's all the big <laughs> big announcements that normally would have come during E3 week, but now it's from Sony on our own timetable and our own. Like, that did not even cross my mind. I immediately said, oh, state of play, third party. Okay, cool. It's going to be a couple of things I don't really care about. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it's most likely going to be that. Yeah. More likely than not. Yeah. But we'll see. Speaking of... Don't expect much. <laughs> Let's move on to the Nintendo Quest log. Um, so, new Nintendo Switch model with 7-inch OLED screen announced. It's coming October 8th, says Michael uh, McWhorter at Poly um, Polygon. So, again, arriving on October 8th, which is the same day as Metroid Dread, for $350. 7-inch OLED display, slick new dock with Ethernet, 64 gigabytes of internal storage, improved audio, and a Surface-like kickstand. Like They call it the wider kickstand. Mm -hmm. That's a greater degree of movement. It's not just one little awkward angle. you got a bunch of different angles now. Um, Chad, you seemed more excited about this than I was, so why don't you share your thoughts on this? Here's, here's the thing. I am I am going to get this console. I am... Obviously, OLED is the superior technology. I even have a, a mini LED... Is it mini LED or micro LED? I can never remember. It's not the USB cables, but... A mini LED mm -hmm. iPad, and I'm like... This is nice, but it's it's not as good as OLED. So like, OLED is the future. It's wonderful. It's perfect. Um, and 
the white and black it is it is just in right now like um, i have a space gray ipad with a white keyboard on it my playstation all of my accessories are matching black and white my tesla is a black tesla with white interior it's like i have white home pods on black furniture everywhere across my home like it's that is my my jam is those white and black right now. So to see this thing with those stark white Joy-Cons that match the <laughs> Emmy from Metroid and that new sexy looking dock that is just like that right shade of white and black together and, and the cool little circle cutout on the back instead of the stupid other one that was the fold out. Like that, it, that's enough. That got me and I'm an idiot with my finances. Therefore, I am buying this console. At the same time, <laughs> who the fuck is this for, Holden? Who yeah, is the audience? I can't figure that out either. Who is sitting there on their ass October 8th, 2021 and say, you know what? I've been thinking about getting a Nintendo Switch, but I've really been waiting for the extra inch of screen space and wired Ethernet <laughs> without an adapter. That's really going to push me over the edge and let me get a Nintendo Switch. No! Everyone who really wants a Switch has a Switch. Everyone who has a family who also, like, we need multiple Switches, they have multiple Switches. And anyone who doesn't have one yet is waiting for a Pro model. They're not waiting for a slightly bigger screen with an Ethernet port and improved <laughs> audio. Like, they didn't even say what's better. It's probably just, like, a tit louder. That's it. And no one's saying, I'm not getting a Switch until the kickstand doesn't fall off. No one's saying that. Who is this also, for? Also, too, I don't... Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't know who this is for, and I also don't know why this has to be a third model. Why didn't this just replace right? the original one? That would have made more sense to me. I think that would have been a much bigger deal. That would have made much more sense to me, because it's not like there's a lot there to say, you're thinking about buying a Switch? Well, for an extra 50 bucks more, let me tell you about this incredible experience you're going <laughs> to have. It's like, you're going to have right. lots of the same experience. Like, if you're playing in handheld a lot, the Switch Lite is probably the more appealing console to you anyway. But if you're playing docked all the time, this offers you nothing. <laughs> like It doesn't yeah. offer you really yeah. anything. You can get an Ethernet adapter for your current Switch dock, and it will work and connect for 10 bucks. Like It's just like if the Ethernet's the big thing for you, get a regular Switch, keep it plugged in all the time, and use an Ethernet adapter, that's a better deal for you. Um, I agree with OLED's a better technology, but is 7-inch really big enough to be like, whoa, Metroid Dread's going to be insane with an extra, you know, less than an inch of screen <laughs> real estate. Like, I just, I don't get who this is for. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, to toot my own horn, too, I was half right. So earlier this year, I did a whole, like, grind episode of There Is No Switch Pro. Right. But... People might say, oh, I was right. I wasn't right. Because my whole thing on saying there's no Switch Pro was there's no third model. Right. That was my whole thing. Was It's not. It's going to be a replacement. It's no third model. And this is like a third model, but it's also not a Pro version either. I'm like totally like at a loss. It's just such an odd move, especially with Doug Bowser's comments recently because he's been asked very recently, like, what's going on with new Switch hardware? He's been asked since like from December until like even a few weeks ago. And his response has always been, we're always looking at new technology, but we want to invest in the technology that will make a difference in the gameplay experience of our users. I don't think this meets the criteria of that. Speaking of, I read an article today yeah. from Kotaku that said Metroid Dread will be the first game to take advantage of the new Nintendo Switch OLED model. And in my head, I thought, what is it going to take advantage of? The new kickstand? <laughs> the higher <laughs> throughput of the Ethernet port? 
Well, it, it, did they program in an extra inch of stuff to put on the screen? No, absolutely not. It's the same resolution. What the fuck are they taking advantage of? It's not like it's... <laughs> the improved audio, maybe, if they figure out, like, there's something... It doesn't even say, like, stereo audio or, or Atmos audio. It's just, like, improved. Like, what the fuck are they taking advantage of? On that note, too, it's not like... All right. All right, like take Breath of the Wild, for example. I've listened to that on the Switch console itself. I think the speakers are actually fine on the Switch console itself. They're obviously not amazing, but they have high-quality audio in the Switch version for when you're playing on the TV. So it's not even like you could, quote-unquote, take advantage of like the better audio because you're already taking advantage of better audio, assuming someone might play on a TV with a sound system. Yeah. So like it just – even though like you can't take advantage of that, you're right with the OLED – are you going to make different colors for the this the OLED version? Like it just I don't what's happening here. You know what blows my mind about Str- the audio very too. Very strange. The fact that they they chose to yeah. focus on the audio of it when in handheld mode, which is something like to know that someone's playing it in public in handheld mode with the audio on is just like you have no idea how people are playing your console because if you're if you're on a train or you're in the park or you're at a restaurant and you're playing your Nintendo Switch or you're at an airport and you're playing it with the audio on you are a bad person and you should be taken out and you should be killed and fucking married but um so the the big thing there was like oh if you're in handheld mode, you're probably listening on headphones. And guess what didn't come to this Nintendo Switch? Bluetooth <laughs> headphone support. I still have to carry around this shitty pair of like seven-year-old ear pods in my Switch case with me if I want to listen to this thing on the go while I'm playing it. It's so... I, I don't understand. I don't understand why they chose these specific things to focus on. I get the 7-inch OLED display, but that's something that should have come with a ton of other upgrades. Why Ethernet? Why 64 gigabytes of internal storage when that's going to hold maybe a couple extra games? And then improved audio. I, it doesn't make sense to me. They yeah. focus on all the wrong things. Nothing. I had this thought in the back of my head of like, they'll announce 4K and I don't really need 4K, but I'll be like inclined to get it because it's 4K and my games look a little bit better on my TV. And I'm like, I'm going to cave. I know it. And I saw this and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no chance I'm going to cave. I'm never going to buy this. <laughs> there's you, no... You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that quote that Henry T. Ford didn't actually say, but people said that he said it, where he says, if I asked customers what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. But then he said he made a car. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that that's something that I needed. Nintendo asked their customers what they wanted. And they're like, cool, we're going to make you a donkey now. It's a a, a worse horse, (laughs) but it's cuter. (laughs) They're like, that's not what we wanted. Why aren't you listening to us? Why did you make a donkey when we wanted a car? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. One thing, so under the whole like 4K and better like processing power note, one thing I thought about was, well, did the DSi and the new 3DS and new 3DS XL really take advantage of extra hardware? Not really. Okay, you had SNES games. Okay, you had like Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Like, it never really actually took advantage of like the extra processing power, really. And so maybe Nintendo kind of thought, well, we don't have to do that because no one takes advantage of it anyway. So let's just save money on this. Like that would make sense to me. Yeah, it's not even. It's, but then it's the also, same exact chip that was in the old model. Like it's. Yeah. But then again, going back to the confusion of like, but they didn't get rid of the old one. And now Jeff Grubb is saying, 
there actually is still a Switch like Pro, like a <laughs> upgraded Switch, because it's coming out next year. And like, well, then especially confused why they released the OLED model now at a higher price point. Is Atlanta going to be Switch Lite, Switch um, regular, Switch OLED, and then like a $400 like better Switch, Switch SP, um, Super Switch? Like, is that how it's going to work? Like, that doesn't make... I any swear sense to, to me or is in a year oled gonna take over the original switch slot and then that's when the old switch goes away do they have to do this pricing this is another kind of tangent thought do they have to do this pricing because of the chip shortage and they need to make more money so they're doing a 50 dollars increase in the price but they knew they couldn't get rid of the old switch and off uh, offer this at 350 like i don't i don't know what this is i think they were honestly better off just not releasing it yeah if i buy this fucking Nintendo Switch, which I will. If I buy this Nintendo Switch and then not play it, like I tend to do with my Nintendo Switch, and then next year another <laughs> Nintendo Switch comes out that I have to buy, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up in my own bed and I'm gonna choke on my vomit. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I I hate this. I hate it so much. Yeah, it is going boring. to be the superior experience. Like, obviously, if you of course have yeah. your choice between a Nintendo Switch and the OLED model, there is enough there that I would say, you know what, spend the fifty bucks. That OLED display is going to be really nice. That kickstand mm-hmm. is is going to be worth it if you play a lot of stuff on the go. And you know, why not have the extra internal storage? Like, yes, there's enough there to justify the fifty dollar price bump. There is not enough to justify releasing that model as a second standalone. It's it's so stupid. Here's the thing, too. Their whole thing was we want to, or their goal isn't to get new people to buy switches. Their goal is to get the same people to buy switches. There's more than one switch in a home or something like that. How does this live up to that? Oh, I'm like, doing at it. All. But I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like you're, you're, it seems like you're kind of going more from like an aesthetic in the home yeah. as opposed to like this will offer me such an amazing experience. Um, and I get the aesthetic in the home. Like, you have that whole theme going. Like, totally get that. Um, but, yeah, like, other than that, I just, like, I don't... And I'm a Nintendo, like, fanboy through and through. Like, if anyone would be the one to be like, oh, my God, I have to get this. It's me, and I don't care. And I've looked at a bunch of these Twitter polls of, like, you know, which, you know, would, would you get the Switch? And overwhelmingly, it's no, no, I won't get a Switch, or no, I won't upgrade because the one I have is is good enough like that is overwhelmingly the response yeah it's weird what it kind of reminds me of what when they when apple introduced the ipad pro for the first time and really to me it seemed and like in hindsight this makes sense but at the time it seemed like well why are you making a new ipad pro and charging way more for it these seem like they were just the next features for the next iPad, not necessarily like pro level stuff. Why didn't you just make that the new iPad upgrade? In hindsight, it makes sense because they have two different tracks now. iPad Pro, iPad, well, there's multiple tracks, but you get what I'm saying. And I kind of have the same thought with this. It's like, why is this a separate device? This feels like just a normal upgrade to the regular Switch. Right. Um, Maybe they're trying to do two tracks, but like that doesn't seem clear based on their like the name of it it's not like it's a different branded product like switch Lite is like 
the Nintendo Switch OLED model just seems like the laziest name to be like, well, we have to distinguish it somehow. There's not really that much great about it. We can't call it Super Switch. That's way overkill. We can't call it, like, Special Edition. That's overkill. Just, all right, it has no OLED screen. We'll just call it Switch OLED, which I'll be calling Swold from here on out. Uh, see, when I've, when I've been reading that online, I've been reading it as Swoled, but Swold. Yeah. It's a swolled up switch. Oh, because the battery puffed up and expand because it was dying. <laughs> that is, oh, actually, funny you mention that. I will get one of these when my Switch's battery dies rather than just getting the battery replaced. I'll just get a Switch OLED at that point. You or know what? Matt was talking about on the switch podcast about how his battery is horseshit now. Like, this is a perfect opportunity for him to get a beautiful, yeah. sexy black and white one. Yeah. I think that's all we have to say about Nintendo Switch OLED yep. model. Such a great name. <laughs> Moving yeah. on to the fetch quests, which we only have three this week, not many. Because a lot of the stories this week were actually pretty big. Um, the first one off the bat is actually something that I forgot to put in the notes last week. And I feel bad because this is an mm. awesome story. And that's that multiplayer control spinoff is coming from Remedy and 505 Games. Thank you, Eric Van Allen at Destructoid. This will be a multiplayer PvE experience. But there's also a new single-player control game coming out with a bigger budget and all that. Just fantastic news all across the board. Things. All good news. Uh, be yep. excited for that. If you haven't played it already, Control, incredible game. Go play it. It was my game of the year 2019. We have a whole barf episode after you finish it where we talk about it. Go and listen to it. It's great. It is one of those super special games that every gamer needs to play. It's just fantastic stuff. Yeah. Speaking of fantastic stuff, July 2021 PS Plus free games offer some fantastic stuff. A Plague Tale on PS5. It's mm -hmm. a PS4 upgrade now. Black Ops 4 and WWE like Battlegrounds or something like that. I don't really care about much about that one, but Plague Tale PS5, shit, I should have waited to play that because I played it earlier this year. <laughs> right? You just played that like three weeks ago or something like that, right? Yeah, really recently. It was maybe a few months ago, but yeah, recent enough that I'll see what the PS5 upgrades are like, but I'm not going to play through the whole game again. Yeah. It was a fantastic game. If you haven't played through that, play it. Sequel's coming um, next year, I think it was, so definitely yeah. make sure that you play it before then. Um, speaking of not coming, there's no new Witcher game to be revealed during WitcherCon 2021. I guess this is the first WitcherCon, and so they see Project Red was like, look, we're not. Or they didn't. They're, they're just, they show the schedule, and there's nothing in the schedule about uh, a Witcher game being announced, which I think makes sense. I think it'd be really poor timing yeah. to announce a new game from CD Project Red right now. Uh, they need to fix Cyberpunk first. Even if it's ready to be announced, I don't think they should. I also don't think it's ready to be announced. Um,. But yeah, so that, that, that makes sense. But what is coming is a brand new Witcher game coming to iOS and Android on July 21st. And it is a, basically it's a Pokemon Go ripoff, but with Witcher. And you just battle monsters. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out in like They got to make money somehow. <laughs> Let me guess DNA is making it. I have no idea. Probably. They're probably making that. All right, holding this time and, for Game uh, on Game Show. The Game on our Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Hold it in. Game. We have a spin on an old game that we've played before. Mm. This time, we are playing a game called Clusterfuck. And it Clusterfuck. is. It's, it's called Clusterfuck. Lots it's of games with lots of fucking. I know. Well, well. here's the, here's the, uh, the premise of it. It is, now flesh it out, now flesh it out. 
But with the games that we chose to marry, fucking kill over the last couple of generations of doing that. <laughs> so we're going to go. We have All right. four groups of marry, fuck, kill games. And we have, what we have to do is take all three of those games, figure out what would a, an amalgamation of those games together look like, play like, sound like, okay. taste like. Uh, we're going to start from our oldest, our first time that we did marry, fuck, kill, and then end with what we just did today. So, 2019, the second half, was the first time that we did this. We played Mary Fuck Kill. Uh, what would a game that blends all three of these look like? Call of Duty Modern Warfare was our kill game. Control was our fuck game. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was our Mary game. If we take all three of them. I think it's easy, obviously, to combine Control. You get to repeat it back. I get distracted. I'm sorry. Oh my Control God. Jedi Fallen Order was the other one. Control, Jedi Fallen Order, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Jedi Fallen Order and Control Ooh. are basically, it's force powers. You can telekinesis and force powers. I think those yeah. work really well and meld together really well. Absolutely, yeah. What if it's like a spooky Star Wars game? Like, is, is there like good to me too. spooky, like Sith shit? Is there like a whole Sith planet? Darth Maul's planet? We already were there in Fallen Order, but like a spooky Star Wars game sounds good. I can dig that. And what if it's actually a multiplayer, like arena style shooter game, but with force powers and lightsabers to bring that Call of Duty in there? So, Star Wars Battlefront. Only, no, but Star Wars Battlefront is not spooky. And we're assuming this game is not made by EA. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. So let's forget about Battlefront. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Fair comparison. Um, that could be interesting. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about these telekinesis powers and all that. They're limited online. You couldn't do time slowdown or anything like that mm-hmm. because you couldn't, like, one player couldn't be slowing down time for everyone on the server. And I don't know how you would do the math to make it so you're slowing down time for this portion of the map, and then it catches up somehow. And what are the player animations like? I don't. I can't even imagine solving that problem. But um, it used to be cool to have like freezing in time, so like you freeze someone in place, or like the telekinesis, like throwing the world around. Okay, environments are destructible in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if you could like cut through doors and shit with your lightsaber, and like that adds to the destructibility of the environment? And like, how does that work in the like um, online multiplayer, where you can like you think there's an enemy on the other side of the wall, and you can just stab through the wall yes. and like stab them, like or you like, could you just can do like, a lot fucking, of really cool you can shit. Cut like that. out a hole in the wall and and go through it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's some really cool things you could do with that, but then force powers, like running really fast jumping really high up like there's there's a lot you could do with those environments and special abilities and perks and like all that kind of stuff there i want to you know what more I, control though because i feel like I, we're just so doing here's, Star Wars. here's where the control comes the in. the spooky thing is control here's yeah. where the control comes in um after you kill somebody and they respawn the person yeah. becomes controlled by the hiss like their dead body is now controlled by the hiss And it is an agnostic threat. So, like, you guys are fighting each other, and then there's this also third thing that, like, will fucking fuck up anybody that's near it. And so the more that you kill each other, the more of a threat the hiss becomes. And it's just, now it's like a shared common enemy that you're both also to take care of that. 
that's really cool. That's but really awesome. I just got goosebumps. It makes those. So this kind of works. Too. This is kind of like a. Um, it not. I'm not. I mean, battle royale, like a full, like you know, hundred player thing. But it's kind of like battle royale in the sense of like you're chipping away and it's like a last man standing kind of thing. And then you have these two people against each other, or the last few, and then a bunch of hits around them at the same time. Like, oh, dude, yeah. that would be so tense. Yes, it's kind of yeah, like, this like a when game. zombies came to Warzone, and they're mm-hmm. like you would you would die and you'd become a zombie, and then as a zombie you kill somebody in order to regain your humanity. But then by the end of the game, it was like two people and then a shit ton of zombies as they were trying to. That's kind of what it would be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. One down, three to go. Number two, our 2020 part one, we decided to kill Minecraft Dungeons, fuck Resident Evil 3, and marry Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) How do we meld those three together? Okay, so you have Minecraft Dungeons. Mm-hmm. So not Minecraft, Minecraft Dungeons. Right, so dungeon crawling, ugly characters. Okay. But those two things are also included in Cyberpunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I dig in that game, but I do like Cyberpunk a lot. Okay, so wait, it was Cyberpunk, Minecraft Dungeons, and then um, Resident, and, uh, Evil 3. Resident Evil 3. Yep. I feel like this a are, cyber are really hard to bring. I feel like a together. cyberpunk style, like just that that style of of you know world, like world. stuff like that, would look would be a really yeah. cool kind of dungeon crawler to go through. Yeah, and I think you could also throw some zombies in there as well. So like yeah. you're fighting zombies in these kind of regenerate uh, procedurally generated dungeons. With a cyberpunk aesthetic. So that's kind of where the Minecraft Dungeons fits in, where it's like regenerating yeah. all the time, your new weapons and perks. You can get new upgrades for your body. Yeah. You know, Cyberpunk 20, like, oh my gosh, this time. What yeah. if it's like a roguelike too? No, because you want some kind of permanent progression with like a with a dungeon crawler. So so you, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you can get new upgrades for your eyeball or whatever it is, or you get a new leg that shoots flower beams at people, all that kind of fun stuff. And it's released a year early, and is a buggy mass. Let's include yeah, that in there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, two down. Number Starting three. Takes the store. We forgot to do it for the last half of that year, so our next one is 2021 Part 1. We decided to kill Persona 5 Strikers, fuck Hitman 3, and marry Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I don't know much about Persona Five Strikers. What is I don't that either. actually? I don't. I honestly have no idea. It could be a card game. Could be a dancing game. I have. N- I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Let's take the art style from that because it has okay. a cool art style and a cool aesthetic. Okay. So we'll okay. go with that. So just like cell shaded, kind of animated aesthetic for a game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we'll mix together Hitman Three and Mass Effect. Okay. Here's here's what it. It's mostly going to be Hitman. Okay. Where you have these open-ended sandbox levels where there's a lot of you know uh, AI-run NPCs doing their own scheduled things at certain times, and it's this environment you have to get to know. But you are a specter working in the Mass Effect universe at some sort of like you're going into the Citadel, but you're actually like a you, know, you can be a specter. You're a you're like a bounty hunter like character in. Mass Effect, and you have to blend in to this environment, get your job done. You can go in Guns of Blazing if you want to, but you have like one target to take out or to capture, dead or alive, because that'll make it more fun. Why not? 
Um, that's totally from Red Dead, but whatever. Fuck it, we're going to include it. <laughs> and, um, and it's like these like heavily scripted areas where you have to kind of learn the environment, but it's all based on the Mass Effect universe. Said that actually sounds like it could be really really cool. Can you also and have the like, goal is like get it back to your ship? Can you have powers? Like get the guy. Oh yeah, you can have biotic oh, powers. Yeah. You can have Vanguard start. You can hack shit to get into certain rooms if you have those perks like built up and stuff. Nice. Sounds like a better Assassin's Creed slash a better Watch Dogs <laughs> Legion with a cool art style from Persona Five Strikers. I'm into that. I'm into that a lot. This one's gonna be very hard, Holden. Last one from today. We we killed Far Cry Six. We fuck six days in Fallujah. And we marry Metroid Dread. <laughs> How do oh, we God. do this? Okay. It's an historical game about a, uh, the Iraq war that takes place on a space station with a dictator. <laughs> um, I feel like okay. we could use the, like, uh, the, the thing following you, like the, the rogue robot following you from Dread. Yeah. Maybe just like... Maybe just Giancarlo Esposito, just constantly Mister X style, or one right. one band of people in Fallujah. I think I actually have this. I think this, oh. this would actually work. Okay, I'm taking. I'm building off what you just said there with Metroid Dread. You take the following you enemy, mm-hmm. and then we'll take like um, the the world of Far Cry Six, right? Okay, and like the crazy villain and all that kind of stuff, right? Here's where we bring Six Days of Fallujah into it. You're not being stalked by a single monster. You're being stalked by an, some sort of enemy force, like an enemy troop that is constantly following you around. But there's multiple of them, so they can flank you. You don't really know where they're going to be coming from. And another thing to take from Six Days in Fallujah is it's procedurally generated environments. So that when you die, you have to go through a different environment. And you have to be more aware of what's around you in that specific environment because this t- other team is stalking you. Oh, and okay. that takes place in Colombia. That's where Far. That's where Far Cry Six comes into it. <laughs> Can you also have a hand? Cannon we'll say the cartel is cannon? stalking you. Sure, we'll throw an arm cannon. We need as an well, arm cannon. Wait, historically, can we break all of our bones and become a tiny soccer ball? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it is in Colombia. It's in Colombia, right? They love football there. This is true. Yeah, it could yep. just be a soccer game. That's exactly it. It's soccer, but. The procedurally generated field every time, <laughs> and you are the ball, <laughs> and you get, that's it. When it proceed, when it, when it generates one time, the grass is kind of leaning a little bit to the left. Oh, but when you generate yeah. another time, it's the grass leans a little bit to the right. It's yeah. crazy how much different it can be. Sometimes grass is blue, sometimes it's green, sometimes it's red. Sometimes they did crazy a really different. great job painting the lines on the field. Sometimes they didn't. Yeah. They got to do it fast. They got to regenerate that as fast as a SSD yeah. can load up the environment. So yeah, they got to do it really fast. You know, Sorry, you can't blame the them. Pitch. They call it a pitch. Oh right. <laughs> we got. We got to. You know, we're known for being really knowledgeable about basketball and sports. So we have to make sure that we're getting our analogies right. <laughs> Uh, that's it for Game on Game Show, everybody. And that is it for episode 216 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. Uh, reminder, we've got our barf discussion for Red Dead Redemption 2 coming this weekend. So tune in live for that or catch it shortly after on demand on YouTube and uh, podcast services. 
Also, if you would like to play along with us next month, you don't have to be a patron to play Katana Zero. You can. In fact, if you want to be on the show and talk about Katana Zero with us, go to affabilityits.com, sign up for Year of the Guest, and uh, let us know that you're interested in doing that. And then finally, you can also go to patreon.com slash fire. We'll be voting again in about two weeks about what we want to play in August for our backlog game. And then you also get dope wallpapers. So check boom, all boom. that out. Um, I feel like there's something else that I'm missing that we usually say here. Hippity-boppity-boo? That was it. Fucking new Sleeping Beauty was part of it. Always is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off.